You've got to be fucking kidding. Not only one of the great zinger lines of all time, but pretty much the reaction of slack-jawed audiences who either gazed in shock at John Carpenter's thing, or, more likely, as the film was pretty much a flop on its first release, picked up their popcorn and flounced into the next screen where there was some girly alien or other trying to phone home. In fact, The Thing is a peerless masterpiece of relentless suspense, retina-wrecking visual excess, and outright nihilistic terror, placing 12 men at an Antarctic station while a shapeshifter takes them over one by one. The slimy effects stand up to this day. Ennio Morricone's score is fantastic, and the ensemble acting is played entirely straight as suspicion and paranoia overwhelm the characters. If you have seen it, you'll know where that zinger comes from. If you haven't, well, just do and try to keep your head. Hey, gays and ghouls. I'm Sean Reedy. And I'm Katie Toole. And this is Friday Night Frights. A podcast about isolation, paranoia, and giving whole new meaning to the phrase, your stomach has grown. (laughs) 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 And we are back, baby. We are. And we're here to do the the damn damn thing. thing. (laughs) Literally. Literally. We're doing the thing. (laughs) We're doing the damn thing. Because, you know, it's it's cold. Mm Mm-hmm. It's well, at least it's cold here in Michigan where we live. It's quite quite chilly out, and uh, also you know, this this movie hits different these days, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit. We've been uh, living in isolation, so <laughs> yeah, living in isolation. The general like not knowing who's going to infect you with a, you know, terrifying pathogen. Yeah, yeah, it's different. It's different these days. Yeah, I I feel like I. No, I won't say it. No, I'm not going to put it out there. We're going to put that, we're going to lock that away up tight in my brain case. Yeah, we're not going to put it out there in the, in the world. <laughs> Is that something about tempting the universe? <laughs> sure was. You sure know what? We're was. not going to, we no, just won't no. do it. No, no, I'm not going to tilt the odds because I still have not gotten COVID. Neither have I, I don't think. Proud to say being someone that works with the general public and... 90% of them work in front of me without a mask on, and they're approximately three feet away. Mm. So, you know. Cheers to that. <laughs> yeah, we actually, uh, my, fiance and I, my fiance and I got uh, caught in, in case you were wondering why there wasn't a New Year's episode, <laughs> which we promised you. Uh-huh. My fiance and I got caught in England uh, because... Uh, of COVID. She, she, she got COVID. She's fine. Um, I somehow never tested positive, which I is don't understand. as, as nonsensical as anything I've ever heard of. But mm-hmm. Sean, because he is wonderful and like, I'm the bad friend who didn't even bring his Christmas present over here, but he got me a, um, I should post it on the Instagram. He got me a, uh, little keepsake of Return of the Living Dead. If you've listened to that episode, you know it's one of my favorite movies of all time and it's got like film cells. And I went through the film cells one by one and was able to identify from just one frame the exact moment in the exact scenes. (laughs) 
And and I'd like to add to this. Not only did did Katie identify each exact scene with the film cells, it was without pause. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you're like yeah this is what the this is what the uh they asked for more cops <laughs> this, is, this, this is when the cops came this is when uh trash is dancing in the graveyard but like it, but it wasn't trash like right, it wasn't an image right. of trash it was no. an image of spider watching trash and i was still like oh yeah this is when trash is <laughs> yeah that's how much i've watched that movie <laughs> I can't take full credit for that by any means because Nico absolutely was the one that found that. Oh, yeah? I'll have to thank him. <laughs> yes. He, he disappeared, but yes. I will thank him. Um, but yeah. So yeah, so we're back now. We're back. Everybody's everybody's healthy. My, my fiance's recovered. We're back in, back in business, as mm-hmm. it were. Um, and so we're doing the damn thing. Quite literally. We are. We are. And, and it, it, that works on so many levels mm-hmm. right now. John Carpenter's. John Carpenter's the thing. Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. the one that matters. No, yes. That's not, that's not fair. Um, <laughs> well, I, Howard Hawks is excellent. Right. <laughs> like, it's <So>. classic. <laughs> I've, I've never seen the original. Right. I've, I've heard great things about it. I mm-hmm. know that it's, I mean, it inspired this masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never seen the original one. Of course, there is the... The remake slash prequel right. from 2011, I think. Yeah. Uh, which was also good. I feel like it doesn't get its... I don't I don't feel like its reviews were justified fully, but I understand comparing to something like this. It Just don't do that. Was this the one... Was, was the thing, the remake, where they built... They built the effects and then they didn't use them? Yes. I don't. Why? Yep. Yep. I'm. Yep. If there is one thing that you were to ask me, like, what made you mad about the the 2011 thing? It's that. Yeah. I'm like, you guys, you were like, yeah, we here's these practical effects. That we built and we, we already paid for. Throw them out. We already paid for them. Like, we're good enough. Like you don't you don't pay for that shit when it gets filmed. You pay for it when it gets made. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand the logic there. Yeah, the logic is flawed. The logic um, is very flawed. So my only thing is I'm like, okay, so how bad were those practical effects? That is a good point because the practical effects would have also had to have been stellar because this film, the 1982 version, the Carpenter version, has some of the best practical effects in the history of cinema. Yes. So I mean, if your practical effects were crappy. That would also reflect poorly on you, I guess. So maybe they're like, let's not do practical effects because they're going to automatically compare it to the original. Well, hi, we're you're remaking the original. Well, the, you're remaking the the remake. <laughs> you're remaking. You're <laughs> you're re you're re prequel. What did I say? You're pre-making. You're pre-making. <laughs> pre-making the remake of the prequel of the. It's it's a mess. Here we are. <laughs> But no, I do, I do think that the 2011 version is a good film on its own, mm-hmm. but I just, I try not to compare it to this one because of them being so different in many ways. Well, and because, because that one is not actually a remake, it is a prequel. It is a prequel. So like, technically, it, it's, 
it's hard to compare them. Yes. The the downfall of that is that, you know, what happened at the 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 nature of this story is such that what happened at the Norwegian station, which is which is what the twenty eleven film is. It's mm-hmm. it's what happened before this one happened. Um, like how the helicopter and the dog got there at the beginning. Yes. The problem is you not only know how it ends because they went to that station and walked through it and uh-huh. saw everything that had happened, saw all the bodies. I mean, they bring the thing back to the base camp, right? right. To their own base camp. But it's the same situation, the it, same story. Like the same there's story. not much you can do to change it right. because this is a very simple concept. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not much you can elaborate on. No. But I will say that the one the one big thing, like, because I feel like the the 2011 version is more of a true horror movie and less sci-fi feeling, mm-hmm. where this is true a true blend of sci-fi horror. Yes. And the emphasis on on I, the isolation and how it how people how people handle that and the the psycho like the um psychological issues that they deal with mm-hmm. are are much more focused on in the the John Carpenter version than the the remake. Yeah, well I mean this was this was in many ways made during the golden age of the sci-fi based horror movie, mm-hmm. right? This was only 2 years after Alien. Right. Scratch that. This was 3 years after Alien. But Mhm. But I mean, this project was on the shelf for years. Yeah. And then Ridley Scott came along and was like, hey, look, haunted house in space. And everybody was like, oh, mm-hmm. let's do a bunch of things like that. And then Carpenter came along and was like, okay, we'll do something kind of like that, but in his own right, because I'm John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Um, but Carpenter didn't actually want to do this he actually almost backed out of it he did a couple of times because Uh well one because it kept getting delayed and he's like okay fuck you guys right i'm leaving but also because he is such a fan of howard hawks Mm -hmm. and he was such a fan of the original the thing from another world Mm -hmm. which if you remember tommy doyle and laurie strode and Lindsay whose last name escapes me at the moment, all watched together in yep. Halloween. Mm-hmm. He was not, you know, I guess, until I started doing the research for this episode, I always thought that that was like a direct reference to him being signed on to do the thing. Right. Was no, not. Was not, not signed on to do the thing yet. Mm-mm. Like, it had no connection other than the fact that he really loved that movie, and that would be like a movie that would be on TV on Halloween. Right. So, um... But yeah. And so something else I wanted to mention that so because mm-hmm. you mentioned that like this was like the the golden era of sci-fi horror. Mm-hmm. This movie didn't do well in the box office. It did not. It did make its budget back. It did. It had a, a fifteen million dollar budget. Right. It made what, twenty six million, I think. Something I, like that. I just made up that number, so don't quote me on that one. I think it was like nineteen uh, like nineteen yeah. originally and then maybe twenty six globally maybe? yeah but but yeah i mean it did it did turn a profit a small yes. profit but it turned a profit mm-hmm. um but it was also like massively over budget oh yeah because universal universal was like we'll give you 10 million <laughs> and carpenter was like that's not enough 
And they were probably like, dude, you made your most famous movie for a box of fucking Cracker Jacks. I don't understand why this is so hard for you. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it wasn't a monster. It was William Shatner mask. It was a lot, a lot cheaper. It was a lot cheaper. Hi, this is an alien that takes over people and assimilates into them. And you're watching it happen. And then turns into spider heads. Yes. Um, because $1.5 million of that budget <laughs> was just, which, which sounds insanely low. It does sound very low. It sounds insanely low. But that's, I don't think that's inflation. No, I think I that's, think that's original, 82 numbers, which yeah. probably like, we could probably look it up right now. Hold on. Hold please. Do mm-hmm. the whole music. I can't hold a tune <laughs> to save my life. Da, 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 da. Um, let's see. <laughs> 1.5 million in 1982 is 2.8 today's dollars, yep. which is a chunk of change. That's a good chunk. I was going to say it was probably about double, so just under. That's crazy. That's still really good. And so a tenth of the fucking budget was just for the special effects. Right. And it shows because Rob Botton and his team, which was massive, mm-hmm. uh, did in fact build some of the best best practical effects in the game. Mm-hmm. Like these are insane, and and watching it now, you're just like, wow! Like this movie's forty years old. Yeah. Like as of this they, year, mm-hmm. this movie is forty years yeah. old. Um, I don't know when did it premiere. That I do not know. In June. Uh, premiere June 25th, 1982. So it's, you know, 39 and a half years old. Hmm. Whatever. Sorry. Okay. So that's fine. 89 and a half. Yeah. Sure. 89 like, <laughs> That's by that, I mean, 30, 39 and a half? How did I get 89? <laughs> well, it was made in 82. That's true. So you had the 80 in there. I did. But yeah, 39 and a half years. Like, that's that's crazy. They should not look this good. No. And they do. And and there's not been practical effects that have looked this good. In a long time. In a long time. Yeah. Um, speaking of the practical effects, if you are one that... Visits does the dog to actually find out if a dog dies in a movie because oh that is too traumatic for you. Um, do not watch this film. No, don't even touch it. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I mean, I always get sad when the dog dies in a movie, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't like it. No, it's, it's not, it's not a fun day for me, but like, I don't get like outright traumatized by it because like, you know, it's a movie. I'm, I'm able to sort of separate that the animal isn't actually being harmed and right. You know, the only thing, it's the, they have like the crying, like the, the recording crying that Mm -hmm. I have a little trouble with sometimes. But, uh, that scene, the scene with the dogs is hard to watch for me, especially the dog who's trying to escape. I'm like, oh God, why did you have to do this to us, John? Like, this Mm -hmm. is cruel. It was real quick, but it was like ripping off a fucking bandaid. Yeah. It was like, holy shit. Yeah, that, yeah. 
Yeah, that scene, like, if if you're worried about a dog dying, know that it's, like, six of them. It's not, yes, it's it's six of them, and it's brutal, and it's graphic, and it takes a long time. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's an entire scene. Like, you yeah. see a dog split in half. Mm-hmm. You want to you want to see a dog's face roll back and its skull fall off? Oh my god! I forgot actually how crazy <laughs> that was. Then I was watching it today. I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like, oh, holy hell! Yeah. Okay, that's fine. They just peeled that dog like a banana. What yep. the fuck? It literally peeled like a fucking banana. It did. It was like. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it. Yeah, if you have problems with animal cruelty in any sort of way, shape, or form, don't watch this movie. If you don't, mind know, you, mind yeah. you, again, no animals were harmed. No, 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 no. In no. the making of this film, not at all. But it sure looks like they were. Yep. Um, because it is, it is, it is very realistic. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I saw I saw this post, and I'm sure this was a, was a joke. Um, but I saw this post on on Twitter. The other day that was like, you know, I took a, I took a date to see the thing and I was like, oh, you don't mind scary movies, right? And he was like, yeah, I can do scary movies as long as nothing happens to a dog. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's exit this theater. I was like, I don't think that's real, but it's funny. <laughs> I don't believe you, but I like it. <laughs> oh, did you not want to date him anymore? That's the way to do it. Good job. Good job. Get him to break up with you way to go oh and another fun side note um if you have any concerns about diabetes we do also have wilford brimley in this film (laughs) Um, (laughs) he's here to adjust your diabetic needs (laughs) he's just handing out like instead of (laughs) instead of Instead of like the little, the little like, you know, piece of wire that he heats up to do the blood test, Wilford Brimley is just handing out glucose meters. (laughs) Make sure to take your glucose tabs. (laughs) (laughs) Your blood smoke more than others. You need to get some sugar in your diet. Right. Uh, Yeah, that's what it is. Hypoglycemia. That's uh, all it is. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta carry some crackers in your purse. (laughs) I just, I had that no is. idea that it was him, but he does have his mustache. He does. He looks a lot different. Yes. I mean, and again, and again this was almost 40 years ago. Right. So, you know, but yeah, diabetes. <laughs> diabetes. Diabetes. Oh, God. Should have been one of the abouts. Do you ever wonder if we have like listeners in other countries? Oh, we do. We do. We actually, we do. Like there are, there are like just, just a few, but like we, we do have, we, I have seen it on the analytics that we do in fact. And like, we started talking about fucking diabetes and they're probably like, what? What are you talking about? Are you talking about? I'm sorry, international folks. Uh, but yeah, so the dog, several dogs die in gruesome fashion. Yes. In this movie. So if, if you don't even want to hear about that, uh, join us next week. Um, because. <laughs> <laughs> can't really avoid it right actually i had but if you're okay with that if you're okay hearing us talk about it but you don't want to watch the movie i actually had a a friend of wendy's suggest because you know she doesn't like horror movies but she still (laughs) listens to the podcast her friend suggested that we should bill ourselves as like if you don't want to watch the movie but you still want to know what happens 
We're the here, podcast for you. Here we are. <laughs> At your service. Mm-hmm. What's funny is actually that's why uh, Nico listens to. He's like, I don't want to watch the, the, the yeah. movies. But now I know what happened. Exactly. No visuals. No, no creepy crawlies. We're good. That's <laughs> just being idiots for two hours. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we are providing a vital service. Yes. So we will dig into the thing. But first, it is Shocktail Hour. This evening's Shocktail is called the Chess Master. And Katie? Yes. What's in the Chess Master? So the Chess Master is kind of a play on a uh, brain hemorrhage shot, if you've ever had one of those. Um, but better, because it's whiskey instead of peach schnapsicle. <laughs> <laughs> So you're going to use uh, some Irish whiskey in honor of uh, Kurt Russell's character, McCready, mm-hmm. right? And also just because you're also using Bailey, so you should be Irish. Right. So an Irish whiskey, um, a shot of that, probably half an ounce or so of simple syrup, mm-hmm. and uh, really however much Bailey's you want to get the effect, and just a, just a like splash just a squeeze of lemon juice. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what happens when you put the lemon juice in there with the Baileys is that uh, the Baileys curdles just a little bit. It still tastes fine. You can barely taste the Baileys, actually, just because the taste of the whiskey is so strong, at least if you're using good whiskey. Um, but it's going to curdle a little bit, and it, and it just it looks like uh, the blood samples that Kurt Russell has and that he's, you know, when once he hits the bad one. Mm-hmm. And it explodes. It looks very similar to the sort of gross, like, entrails that are that are flying all over. I love it. It's fun stuff. <laughs> and I'm, again, continuing this trend of making all of our cocktails into magic tricks for some reason. I actually, so, I did read a tip. I haven't, I didn't try this when I, when I made the drink. Mm-hmm. But I did read a tip that if you use a straw mm-hmm. to put in the Baileys instead of just pouring it in, that you can get like a better sort of effect. Oh, that makes sense. Right, because you can more sort of control where it goes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, go ahead and try that, and then uh, let us know what you think. Scream at us. I like it. Yeah. So the thing, uh, starring Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. And is it David Keith or Keith David? <laughs> it's Keith David, right? I believe it's Keith David. <laughs> um. And Wilford Brimley. <laughs> and Wilford Brimley. And that's it. There's definitely no other people in this movie. No, no, no. It's not an ensemble cast at all. Mm-mm. You know what there isn't in this movie? A single goddamn woman. <laughs> not a Which one. Just my one complaint. Yep. Keith David. <laughs> huh? Keith David. Keith David. Thank yeah. you. Um, so, you know, sometimes with people with two first names, you're just like, what? Which, Which way does it go? Um, That that was the one uh, one big thing that I like that they brought into the remake was that they at least brought a woman. Yes, they brought two. Oh, it was two. But yes, there was two. Um, the other the other female character was a more of a supporting role. Mm-hmm. She died early on. Died earlier on. Yeah. yeah, but but she was there. She existed. She was helpful. So yeah, yeah. There's this is a this is a very heavily testosterone driven movie. Right. And what's amazing about this is, is like, none of these characters are likable. 
No. Like, they're all either, like, drunk or insane, even before the shit hits the fan. Mm -hmm. And then they just get either more drunk or more insane or both. And, uh... I mean, it's it's pretty well acted. Like it's you know it's 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 well done. Oh yeah, and it is. Yeah, it is. I will say this: it is difficult to write unlikable characters and keep your audience invested in the story. I agree with that a thousand percent. So that is yes. something that they managed to do here, mm-hmm. because like you're not particularly rooting for any of these people outside of just your own basic like humanity of like you don't want these people to all die gruesome deaths right right and like be replaced by mm-hmm. um yeah i there's there's really well the only the only one that i get like kind of like is windows um, <laughs> I do kind of like Windows. I like Windows, and then there was the I don't remember his name, but the guy that smoked pot. Like he was a good time, but it was like he Palmer. was Palmer. Yeah, he is such a minor role, though. Well, and like those two, those two are fun in a movie, but like they probably wouldn't be fun to actually. Yeah, because they're kind of you know. Yeah. Burnouty, which is weird. Strange place for those people to wind up. Antarctica. It's never really explained exactly what these people are doing here nope they're just there for research don't know yeah, what... they never they never really like yeah they don't really like explain what their research is Mm-mm. which they don't really have to right because it's no. not relevant to the story they no, just no. all ended up at this place in antarctica with an alien mm-hmm. bada bing bada boom the only thing i mean you get more insight into the norwegians research because they go and they find where they dug it up and yes know, I forgot that they find a full-on spaceship. Oh, yeah. Like, I, you Uh know, it's like, this thing is clearly an alien. Mm -hmm. Because look, here's its spaceship. This is not from here. (laughs) This is not from here. I believe buried under 100,000 years worth of ice, and it's like a spacecraft. So definitely not something we made. Yeah. Because we were still like, 100,000 years ago, I think humans were still like in, 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 like hadn't even migrated out of Africa. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, might have even been like Homo erectus or one of the others. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a, not an anthropologist, but yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so these people end up in Antarctica and they're all kinds, they're all a little bit of jerks, but uh, they don't deserve what they get. No, no, no. <laughs> no one does anything that deserves what they get because no. what they get is bad. Yeah, it's gruesome. Uh, begins with showing these these folks and they you know introduce Kurt Russell is playing chess against a computer and decides to kill it when it beats him <laughs> which you know like is, what? is not not normal behavior no um, and okay what pisses me off even more than killing the chess computer a I love that they had a specific chess computer in 1982 right like that to, in order to play like digital chess they needed an entire computer that was dedicated to just this operation <laughs> just this like you know like 8-bit chess board was mm-hmm. like this entire computer it was called like the chess master or something um but that man pours an entire glass of whiskey on this thing and i'm like sir why why just why just drink it (laughs) just drink it like 
drown your sorrows. Right. Don't drown the computer in whiskey and waste it. What's wrong with you? <sighs> Choices, sir. I think I get that you're bored, but don't waste your liquor. I mean, it helps with the boredom. And also, you've just taken away, like, no one else is allowed to play chess either because you couldn't beat the computer. Right. Sorry you're not smart enough. Gosh. Um, but yeah, so you are you are introduced to each of the Americans at this station. Mm-hmm. And outside, there is a dog. And the dog is running through the snow. And it's being chased by a helicopter. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, strange, right? Not, not, that's not something that you see every day. So the folks at the American station come out and they realize two things. First of all, that is a Norwegian helicopter. Second of all, that it appears to be, you know, flying erratically. And then this dog shows up and they're like, what the hell is going on? The guy, the two men get out of the helicopter. And one of, one of them pulls a gun on them. Or, like, he's actually aiming at the dog, of course. But he pulls a gun on them and starts screaming in Norwegian, which none of them understand. Mm-hmm. And the other guy <laughs> grabs a grenade, <laughs> drops it like he's wily fucking coyote, and decides that the best course of action is to try to find it in the snow instead of running away. And so he blows up. <laughs> yeah. Probably the dumbest decision in this movie. In a movie, not great. Not full of great decisions. No. But that one's got to take the cake. Yeah. Because, like, a lot of the bad decisions were fueled by ignorance, right? Like, not yes. knowing what this thing is, not knowing how, you know, the danger present. But, like, a live fucking grenade is something that is well within our context. Like, we would be able to know that you run in the opposite direction of the live grenade that you just threw. Yeah, grenades aren't new. Yeah. Really, you should know better. But he blew himself up. Yep. And then... And the helicopter. <laughs> and the helicopter. Yeah. So, which takes out, which, if you think about it, plot-wise, was necessary. Yeah, absolutely. Because, like, they couldn't have been trapped there if, like, the Norwegian helicopter was just chilling, right? Nope. He's like... Optional escape. <laughs> right. They need to be like, nope, that's gone, bye. The other guy's still shouting. He shoots at the dog. He hits one of the guys. His name is Bennings. So, of course, it doesn't occur to any of them that the man is shooting at the dog. They think that he's shooting at him. Or they think that he's shooting at them. So, uh, they scatter. He chases the dog. And Captain Gary, who's played by Donald Moffat, from 50 yards, with a revolver, <laughs> shoots the man in the eye. Now, I don't know much about guns, but I do know that a revolver is not exactly a sharpshooter's gun. <laughs> so, that's quite the fucking shot. Yep. Yeah, that was fucking impressive. <laughs> yeah, right? Through Oh, through goggles. The guy's wearing goggles. Too. Yep. Um, so he, of course, is dead because he got shot in the brain. And uh, they're like, what the everlasting fuck just happened? And now they have this dog. Mm-hmm. So the dog is sort of chilling because they're, like, trying to figure out what the hell happened. And... They figure out that the Norwegians uh, have come from a camp that is not too far from theirs. It's about an hour's helicopter ride away. Mm -hmm. Um, Which actually puts into perspective just how long they were chasing that dog. 
Oh, yeah. Right? Like. Yeah. If they made it from the Norwegian camp all the way to their camp, they were chasing that dog for an hour. Isn't that dog was just running in the snow for a full hour? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a sled dog. Yeah, it is a sled dog. Possessed by an alien, so. Yeah. Too far. <laughs> <laughs> Probably had a lot more stamina than yeah. your average. Probably a lot more stamina than our little guy here. Mm. Yeah, our little rock rock couldn't uh, couldn't run in the snow for an hour. He could barely stand in the snow for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> he, def- he definitely like barked after two minutes of being outside. When he was <laughs> like, "Come here, it's cold. <laughs> it's cold out here. It's cold out here, Daddy." Okay. Um. <laughs> so they decide that they're going to go see uh, that they should go see the the Norwegian camp. Uh, to see if there are other people there. Maybe they can offer some kind of explanation as to why this man has seemingly gone berserk mm-hmm. and and just decided to start shooting at people. Right. And they go back and forth because of the weather, right? And this is all exposition because it's, it's you know, setting up the storm that's coming, right? Because there's always a storm that comes. There's always a storm. There's always a storm. Uh, it might be a snowstorm instead of a thunderstorm, but there's still a storm. Um... <laughs> But the doc and McCready, who is Kurt Russell, uh, decide to go. So they get in the helicopter and uh, they start going toward the Norwegian camp. Meanwhile, of course, communications are down, which also is a requirement Mm -hmm. for any, especially snow-based movies. Yep. Right? The Shining, like... uh, that movie, The Lodge, Lodge anything yeah. where you are snowed in, communications are going down. Yep. Got it. Without a doubt. Got to do it. So what they find at the Norwegian uh, base camp is a horror show. Oh, God, yes. They're, uh, the whole place is burned out. Mm-hmm. There's a guy who's tied to a chair with his throat slit and his wrist slit. And... They find a huge ice core sample, like giant. Mm-hmm. They find some some videotapes that they take back to the camp with them to sort of try to investigate what happened there, and they find what appears to be several, at well not several, at least two burned human bodies that have fused together. Yep. And so they as all normal, rational people do, say, hey, let's take this hideous thing back in our helicopter and go take it home with us. That feels right. I mean, they're bored. <laughs> I would be too. <laughs> they're like, oh, this is interesting. This is more interesting than anything else that's happened since we've been up here. Let's or take right. it. So they go back and they decide they're going to do an autopsy on both this horribly burned, disfigured thing and the Norwegian that they killed. Right. To try to figure out what the fuck is going on. Mm-hmm. M- meanwhile, somebody else is in another room watching the tapes uh, that are going on. And watching the tapes to see, you know, w- if they have some clue into what happened at the camp. Mm-hmm. What they find inside... Meanwhile, the dog is just, like, hanging. Like, they just have sort of forgotten about the dog. Mm-hmm. So... They find that both of these bodies appear quite normal. Other than the fact that the one is appears to be two different bodies that are fused together, internally, it seems fine. Mm-hmm. 
So now they're confused. Uh, but they, while watching the tapes, find that the huge ice core sample that they found at the base station was not the only thing that was dug up by the Norwegians. No, no. So they have done very little to clear up anything that's happened mm-hmm. here. But they find that uh, they find that the Norwegians seem to have found something very, very large in the ice based on their photographs and their videotapes. Finally, someone notices the dog and is like, the dog should really be put in the kennel with the other dogs. Mm-hmm. They put the dog in the kennel with the other dogs. And this is where uh, things begin to escalate very quickly. <laughs> because again, I must emphasize, this dog peels itself like a banana. <laughs> its face comes off. Mm-hmm. Dozens of tentacles. burst out of it and it starts attacking all of their other dogs Mm -hmm. which again plot wise was necessary yep because the dogs were another route of escape Mm -hmm. but very hard to watch especially like there's one that's like trying to get out and just like that one gets me i'm like why 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 do why do we need the like smart husky who's like almost manages to get out of that cage before the thing gets him Mm mm-hmm And McCready ends up shooting it. Right. Yeah. So that was a a, a bit of a, a hard watch. Mm-hmm. But now they've got what appears to be the burned remains of several dogs fused together. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what the everlasting fuck? Because they do see the tentacled beast before they kill it. And they're like, uh, well, that's weird. So they start to do an examination on that. And what uh, Mr. Diabetes figures out is that there appears to be an organism inside the dog that has learned how to replicate it perfectly. Mm -hmm. Cell for cell. And importantly can do so just by being near it. No, I guess it has to have its tentacles on it. Yes, yeah, it has to it has to touch it. It has to touch it for about an hour. Mhm. I don't know how he came up with that timeline, but <laughs> it feels I guess he does his little computer model. Yeah. But so now they're like we need to figure out what the hell was in that ice. And what was in the ice was a spaceship. Yeah, you know, just your average daily. And their geologist guy, I don't know, I don't know what he is, but the guy, the ice guy, estimates that it's been in the ice for 100,000 years, mm-hmm. which makes it impossible that it could have been built by humans. Right. So now they go back to camp and they're like, it's an alien. And everyone else, even with everything they've seen, is like bullshit. And you're kind of like, did you miss the spaceship? The spaceship or the dog tentacles? 
Dogs don't have tentacles on this planet. It's not a thing that happens. You know what is funny though? If anyone's ever seen Captain Marvel, like, <laughs> this isn't something that has like occurred to me before ever watching this movie. But like the dog and the tentacles and like yep. the the um, gherkin or whatever it's called, the cat, yeah. right? I'm like, oh, it's like the cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so maybe that's what maybe maybe the gherkin is a thing. It was the same species. Mm. Mm. Tying tying things all together all the way. Um. But yeah, that's always that's always my favorite thing in any movie like this. Like in a zombie movie where they see somebody die, like their heart stops, and then they wake up and they bite somebody else who then turns into a zombie. And then they're still like, zombies, bullshit. And you're like, you literally just watched it happen. I mean, I understand that like your brain is like, cannot compute. This cannot be real. But still, it's like, your survival kind of depends on it. <laughs> we need you to realize that someone just died, came back to life, and bit someone. <laughs> right. It's really like there's there's one. You have context for this. Horror tropes, people. Horror tropes. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not that hard. Um, <laughs> so it is at this point that uh, Wilford Brimley's, whose name is Blair in the movie, mm-hmm. uh, runs a computer simulation that says that if this thing gets to a civilized population, mm-hmm. it could take over the world in, you know... I think it was like 27,000 hours. Which is, I don't know how long that is. I did the math. Oh, I guess, well, I mean, I guess, okay, so 27,000 hours, so there's 24 hours in a day. It would be a little bit over 1,000 days. About three years. Which is a little bit over 1,000 days. Yeah. Right. Okay, Mm -hmm. so, um, and, I mean, having watched this movie in 2019, I would have said... Well, that's a long enough time to stop this, right? Surely. The entire world would band together and stop something so terrible. Now I'm not so sure. Um. <laughs> what, if the, what if the main protection against this was a mask? <laughs> what if the main protection? Or like, you know, just being by yourself and not... <laughs> like God forbid. Staying away, staying out of public where the thing can't get anywhere near you. Yeah. Um, it's not a perfect analogy, but, you know, like I said, this movie hits different these days. Yeah, it sure does. <laughs> it's like, ooh, damn, the situation bringing out the worst in everyone. Hmm. Yeah. We'd damn be it. fucked. We would be fucked. Uh, so he promptly goes insane. And you don't blame him. Um, starts, so his, his solution is that no one should leave. Which is fair. Which is fair. And that, that is, that is honestly the only real course of action here. Mm-hmm. Is that they all have to stay there. But, although I will say that Kurt Russell brings up a good point later in the film with his ultimate plan, which is if the thing freezes again. Yes. Then no one would know what had happened Mm -hmm. and they would probably like unintentionally thaw the thing and then that's how it gets back to civilization. Right. So they really, they need to destroy it, but they need to destroy it without it leaving the camp. Yes. They need to destroy it without leaving the camp. And honestly, they should just die here because let's be real. If the government came into this situation, they would kill them. Right. Well, yeah. Or or they would put them in a lab forever and just yes. watch them. It, right? Exactly. Like they're, yeah. They're, it wouldn't be, would not be good. 
nothing this isn't going to end well for any of these people not at all like you're either going to become the thing or you're going to freeze to death or the government's going to fuck you up yep. i mean one of those you don't you don't really have a better scenario than any of those no um so he goes a little crazy and a few things happen sort of all at once Mm-hmm. First, one of the men pulls McCready, Kurt Russell, aside and says that he found Blair's notebooks, which stated that, uh, you know, that this thing could, could replicate and assimilate cells and imitate something perfectly, and that... Uh, the seemingly dead organisms were not in fact and that the cells were still working inside the seemingly dead organisms Mm -hmm. like the dogs at which point you realize that bennings who had already been shot poor guy um has been left alone in a room with the dog thing yep so he immediately gets got Starts turning into the thing. Uh, Windows, who is the radio guy, finds him, runs to tell everybody, then runs to try to get the radio working, which she's been trying to the entire movie and it's not working. Mm -hmm. Uh, They end up having to burn Bennings. And this was the effect that was going to be 1.5 million all by itself, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the initial plan was that they were going to really draw out Benning's death mm-hmm. and really show the assimilation steps mm-hmm. kind of throughout the rest of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but they decided to scrap it because yes, this that that specifically his death alone mm-hmm. was going to cost the entire budget of all of the special effects. Right. So they're like, eh, maybe we don't double it. <laughs> Universal did, in fact, draw a line somewhere, and there it was. <laughs> oh, look at that. You found the line. Eh, okay, maybe not. Stay over there. Yeah. Um, at which point, again, Wilford Brimley has gone insane and uh, tries to kill the radio guy mm-hmm. and destroys the radios. And I believe he has already sabotaged the helicopter. Yep, he sabotaged everything. Yes. Because a... nobody was leaving on his watch. No. The only thing I think that he didn't end up uh, sabotaging was like the the plow yeah, or whatever. Yeah, one of the caterpillars. I yeah. Think they, because they do manage to drive that around at some point. Yes. Um, so they lock him in a tool shed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. And... Now everyone who has at least accepted having seen their their buddy go through it that this in that this is in fact real, mm-hmm. right? And so they start trying to think of ways that they can uh, figure out who is a thing and who is a human. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that the doctor suggests is a blood test, but they would need a control group like a blood serum test, right? Mm-hmm. Like a an actual blood test. But they would need a control group of un, of uncontaminated blood. Blood they know isn't contaminated. And they're like, no problem. We have a blood bank. Blood bank? 
We have a blood bank. A blank of blood. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a blah, 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 blah. We'll <laughs> and of course, when they get back inside, they find that the blood has all been drained. Yep. Not stolen. Drained. Mm-hmm. And you never really find out where that blood went. No. Or who took it. No, you never actually know who it was. Right. Yeah, you don't because the captain is never specifically revealed Mm-mm. to be a thing. Right. He passes the blood test. Mm-hmm. But by the same token, did he somehow manage? I mean, he was tied up, so I don't know how he would do this, but did he somehow manage to give them some of the blood bank blood? Instead of the blood out of his own body. Um, and that's why he passed the test. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. But. So now they're kind of screwed on that account. So at this point, Bennings is gone. Mm-hmm. And Blair is locked in the tool shed. And they all have their suspicions. About... Who is a thing and who is not. Mm-hmm. And they know at least one more of them is has been taken over. Right. By no assume, realistically. But based on what's happened. Right. They can they can say with some confidence that there's probably at least one more. Mm-hmm. Uh, the captain, because everyone is accusing him of stealing the blood because he had the only key. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of relinquishes command as a sign of good faith, right? And gives command to McCready. Mm-hmm. Who uh, tries to figure out various ways of how to figure out who is a thing or how to get them out of there. Which again... Would not be a good idea. No. Getting them out of there, unless they knew that every single person they were taking was still human. Right. They don't know how to do that. And it's at this point, of course, that the paranoia starts to get to them. They're fighting. They're, they're, you know, they've all sort of had their suspicions based on their own personal grievances about who the thing is, right? Mm -hmm. The only one that has any kind of evidence behind it whatsoever is that they all are slightly suspicious of of a man uh, named Clark mm-hmm. who was with alone with the dog for quite a while. Yes. So they have yep. they have some sort of like genuine reason to think that he might be, but then they're, you know, they're suspicious of the doctor and the captain because of the whole blood thing. McCready and Childs, who's played by Keith David, um, are suspicious of each other really just because they don't like each other. Like, there's no really other reason for it. Right. They just sort of don't get along, and so they're like, clearly you're a monster. Right. Like, that's... No. That's not how that works. That's how that works. Um, eventually, they... Eventually, one of the men disappears because he goes outside to investigate. Mm-hmm. And again... It's never really made all that clear what happens to him. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but they end up going to look for him. And so they're outside and they find him burned up in the snow. Mm-hmm. Which is a strange thing to find. <laughs> yeah. Just a fully, like, completely burned away. I know. Just, like, in a matter of however long he was gone. Right. And they're like, oh, um, he committed suicide. Right. He just burned himself. <laughs> he committed suicide by burning, by self-immolation. It's like, uh, they end up actually trapping McCready outside. Mm-hmm. Um, because the man that he's with becomes suspicious of him because they find some of his clothing ripped up outside. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, this is clearly from the thing taking him. Right. Right. Which is fair. Which is fair. Because that is common evidence from multiple people that have been taken over at this point. Right. I mean, the thing the thing rips you open and thus your clothes get all fucked up. Right. I mean, it's fair. Um, McCready manages to get back in. Mm-hmm. Threatens to blow them all up <laughs> with dynamite uh, to keep them from... Like flamethrowing. Oh, he's they're shooting everybody with flamethrowers. I feel like that's an important detail. Mm-hmm. Is that when I when we say that they shoot them, they're not shooting them with guns. They're shooting them with flamethrowers. Right. Because they've just sort of like adopted the Norwegian strategy of burning the thing, and it generally works pretty well, right? Um. But. He gets back in, and as he's getting, uh, as he comes back in, who is the guy that ends up? It's not Bennings. Which one? The one who has his stomach. Norris. Is that Norris? Okay. Yeah. Uh, A man named Norris, who is actually the most even-keeled of anybody, and Mm -hmm. actually declines like so much so he's he's so much the sort of best liked and trusted of the group that the captain originally offers command to him and then he was like nope (laughs) which is fair like the Mm -hmm. only smart decision made in the entire movie yeah and uh i wouldn't take it either no i'd be like no are you kidding you're all losing your minds and there's a monster why would i want to be in charge right now no 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 No. y'all tell me what to do right yeah i'll be over here (laughs) yeah you are going to decide what we're doing um, he collapses. Mm-hmm. And what follows after his collapse is one of the great scenes in the history of horror. I oh. mean, this whole sequence is just pure fucking gold. Mm-hmm. Because not only is it... terrifying and disgusting mm-hmm. is also kind of funny yeah. and like intentionally so mm-hmm. right like it's not just it's not just that you're like you know um oh haha ha, look at these old special effects because you're not doing that because the special effects hold up oh yeah it's just a gag it's hilarious so they have at this point Tied up the doctor and the captain. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're all convinced that they must be the things. Right? So they untie the doctor so that he can resuscitate this guy who just collapsed. And so he's got uh, a defibrillator 
right? Mm-hmm. And he's charging it up, clear, right? And everybody else is fighting. They're in like this, you know, standoff in the other room with the dynamite and the flamethrowers, right? And they're just sort of, just kind of like, you know, wagging their penises at each other while this guy is trying to save a man's life. And he, he, he shocks him a couple of times, I think maybe twice. And then on the third time, the man's entire abdomen opens and suddenly has teeth and bites off his arms. And it is so great. It's like, this is like, and the guy's like, and his arms come off and he's like flailing his little arm stubs around like, and of course the others forget about their internal conflict because they're like, oh shit. I'm sorry, did his stomach just bite his arms off? <laughs> that is one hungry man. It's not like a hand of frozen yet. <laughs> he needs a Snickers. Uh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you're not yourself when you're hungry. <laughs> the thing with the flamethrower as he does right that's his, his whole his whole defense against this uh and the guy's head detaches itself and grows legs and runs away oh it sure does yes <laughs> it's like suddenly a little like head spider mm-hmm. <laughs> and it hides under a desk and no one notices it at first which is hilarious like i mean Mind you, there's a much bigger monster on the table that's on fire, so right. I get it. But, like, still, like, no one notices that the head, like, runs away. To be fair, it did grow a second head. It did. That's true. So they were focused on the face. That, that was going was, out of its stomach. That was going out of its stomach. <laughs> the one that mm-hmm. was on his head being gone, maybe they figured that it was just sort of, like, had transferred mm-hmm. somehow. Um, it's, you know, pretty chaotic. You don't, you probably don't have a ton of attention to detail in such a situation. No, no. Um, but the, the, the head grows legs and like little antennae and, and tries to run away. One of the guys finally notices it and goes, you gotta be fucking kidding. (laughs) (laughs) The most appropriate reaction. (laughs) I mean, there isn't, there's literally nothing they could have written that would do better in that moment. Nope. (laughs) Then just, you gotta be fucking kidding. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Uh, so Kurt Russell, you know, burns up the, the head spider too as well. Mm-hmm. And then he gets an idea mm-hmm. of how he can test this because what he noticed during this whole debacle is that the head was not only trying to get away from them, it was trying to get away from the rest of the body mm-hmm. that was now on fire. Right. And so he theorizes that each individual part of the body would try to defend itself because any sort of uh alien cells inside the body can work independently of each other right and will sort of you know amputate as needed Mm -hmm. to try to preserve their own life long enough that they can transfer to another host right like a tapeworm nothing like a tapeworm it's the same thing (laughs) exactly the same um So he ties everybody up, takes some of all of their blood in different little 
petri dishes labeled yep. right and uh he takes a little piece of metal wire and he heats it up with his flamethrower and he pokes it into each of the vials of blood and this is not as spec not quite as spectacular a scene as the one right before it but and the fact that these scenes are like back to back essentially yes you know um but this is such a great example of a really well done misdirect because mm-hmm. you are convinced the entire time just by the way that he's acting that the monster is gary oh yeah it leads you in every sense that the monster is either going to be gary or child's yep the last person you expected to be is palmer yep. because palmer has just sort of been around like he's mm-hmm. he's not really a character of much consequence he like says he says something funny. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure he's the one that says, you've got to be fucking kidding me. I believe so, yeah. Yeah. So he just says something funny once in a while. He's like mm-hmm. the comic relief, right? Right. And of course, if you ever, if you watch a lot of horror movies, you know the comic relief has to go. Like, they never get to survive. No. But, <laughs> well, I mean, in this one, no one's surprised. So it's really just the order in which they go. But is that a spoiler? I mean, it's 40 years old. <laughs> Sorry, young kids. <laughs> we just spoiled our own podcast. Um do you love how i said we even though it was me entirely alone that did it <laughs> tie me into your shenanigans <laughs> um so he's going down the line right and you know the the thing must be the thing must be one of the oh and he does he also um kills clark because clark tries to take his dynamite from him yes um you know and so in in fairness at least partly out of self-defense he 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 does he shoots clark and he kills him Mm -hmm. um and so you get the idea that he's kind of hoping that he was a monster because he was pretty upset when like the blood didn't react and he's like fuck (laughs) i killed a man yeah just a man and of course childs being his best friend points that out oh yeah he's like like, oh "Oh, that makes you a murderer right Oh, thanks, thanks buddy <laughs> how'd you know <laughs> it's exactly what i need to hear right now yep but in fairness he had tied him up so he's kind of pissed off yep um but yeah you 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 just assume that it's either going to be gary because like the entire movie has been leading you to believe that gary's monster yes With the blood and the thing and you know he killed the norwegian i mean it's like you know all the things um and he has this sort of like exchange with those two and then he pokes Palmer's blood and it reacts. And suddenly Palmer splits apart like a goddamn coconut. And <laughs> and it's so great. It's so great because they're still tied together. Yes. That makes the scene so much scarier. And of course, Kurt Russell's flamethrower doesn't work. And even if it did, like, he'd have to shoot it at the bench that they're all tied to. Yes. So, like, the sheer... I mean, you know, it, it, sometimes it's hard to put yourself in these situations because they're absurd. But, like, the sheer terror of, like, I'm next to a monster and that guy's got a flamethrower and the only way, or way, the only direction it can go to be effective in neutralizing this situation is towards me. Yep. So, um, but the monster actually does break loose from the bench mm-hmm. before anyone else who's tied to it does because he's a monster. And, uh... He finally ends up getting the flamethrower working, but not before uh, he takes out windows. Yeah. Yep. 
not before he takes out windows, uh, and almost gets away. And this this is actually one of my favorite parts of the movie because he he's on fire. He's hit him with a flamethrower. He's on fire. Palmer stumbles out through a wall, just flat out puts a hole in the, the whole station. Uh, <laughs> and so <laughs> McCready just chucks a stick of dynamite at him and it just like, bang, <laughs> it just vaporizes. Like, what? Like he was made of firecracker. <laughs> like just... Where'd the body go? Where'd the body go? I feel like that wasn't enough of a payload to completely blow apart a body. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know anything about dynamite. Could be I wrong. I am in the same boat. I, I know nothing. I'm not an explosion. I'm an explosion. See, I don't even know what a person is called. <laughs> I don't the, even know what an expert in that field would be called. Yes, they are an explosions expert. <laughs> I, I am an expert in explosions. <laughs> All sorts. <laughs> there are a couple of genuine, like, wily coyote moments in this movie, and it's oh, a yeah. beautiful thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, even, even when uh, Windows is being killed, like... Not a wily coyote moment necessarily. Oh, but like, <laughs> I was like, what? Like, there's no explosion there. Um, <laughs> this definitely. I have, I have watched a lot of Looney Tunes. That never happened. <laughs> no, no. no Roadrunner no. Road never like impaled him with a tentacle out of his eyeball or something. No, no, yeah. never, never just chomped down in his head. Just <laughs> big old, big old teeths. <laughs> no, okay. Um, no, well, it, it was just more of like the, the comedic aspect of it all. Oh like, yeah, for sure. It, it. Like, his body just, like, flailing around by his head. Yeah. Being flung around and, like, breaking the oh, wow. the, <laughs> yeah. uh, the light fixture and the ceiling. Like, it was, it was again, like, very, it was almost comedic in the, in mm-hmm. the same way as the paddle, the arms being bit off by his stomach. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, still so fucking gruesome. Yeah. And then just gets thrown. Right. Well, I mean, one of the things, yeah, I mean, one of the things that Carpenter really taps into in this film, and he does very well, and it's a, it's a thin line to walk, Mm -hmm. and, and, but it is there that, that the line between scary and funny is very thin. Oh, it's very thin. And so it's, it's a similar sort of like being scared and, and being sort of amused mm-hmm. um are a very similar sort of like catharsis mm-hmm. right i mean you think about it if you like ever laugh so hard that you're like screaming right like yeah. you just it's it's just a very similar thing so and i think that the, the team of this film understood that very well because no one would call this movie a comedy no by any stretch of the imagination no. like they would go through six other genres before they got to comedy. Yep. And yet there are moments that are genuinely funny. Mm-hmm. And intentionally so. So, you know, it is it is a fine line to walk and they do it very well here. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but after they dispatch of uh, Windows and Palmer, mm-hmm. they go back in and there's only four of them left now. But they do the test on the rest of them. And everyone else at least appears at this point to be human mm-hmm. based on this test. And they decide they're going to go out and give the test to Blair, who is still locked in the tool shed, who's missed all of this because he's locked in the tool shed. Right. But he has, like, made a noose. He's just... <laughs> just in his free time. <laughs> it's just, like, hanging there. Like, what? Um, 
Maybe well, so. so that was when they went to check on earlier. That was when they went to check on him the first time. Right. He had already made the news. Yeah. It was just hanging just there. Hanging out. It was just hanging there. He's like, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. I'd like to come back inside. I'm feeling much better. I'm not going to hurt anybody. And they're like, dude, you made the news. <laughs> the news hanging. <laughs> right there next to your head. Like. Like that was not there before. Like, no, no. It's not, that's not something that, no. you know, you would do if you were feeling fine. No. Um, but they get out there and he's gone. <laughs> and they're like, fuck. So, uh, they, and they've left Childs. This is also important. They've left Childs back at the camp. Yes. Before they go out mm-hmm. to get Blair. And they say, if you see Blair without us, shoot him. Yes. Um, so Childs walks out of the station mm-hmm. and while he later claims that it's because he thought he saw Blair, which he probably did see Blair, um, you are never given any confirmation as to whether or not Childs is taken by the thing at that mm-hmm. point. You knew he was human when he was tied up, but a whole lot of shit happens in the in-between. Sure did. And you don't see him after that until the very end. You don't see him until he shows up at the very end. Yeah. Where was he? Um, so you actually... What's great about this film is that, like... And, I mean, it's a very... It's a very sort of, like... It's a very nihilistic movie, really. Um, we're still good. It's a very nihilistic movie, really. But, like... You don't even understand... You don't even know for sure if, like, they're... Death and suffering on this night solved the problem. Nope. You have no idea. You have no idea if either Kurt Russell or Keith David mm-hmm. are the thing at the end of the movie. And you never find out. Mm-mm. So either they're both human and they both freeze to death, which is very sad, but at least they have saved humanity. Right. Or one of them is the thing that thing's going to freeze. And humanity is doomed. Yep. Because the rescue team is going to show up. And it's going to find him. And it's going to take him someplace warm. Yep. And all hell is going to break loose. Right. Um, but in the interim, in between, uh, we have the sort of final scene where they just decide that they're going to destroy the entire station. That they're not going to get out alive. Why? When they go back to check on, uh, what's his name again? Blair. What do they find? <laughs> when they go to find, they, when they go to look for Blair, and he's gone. Right, and, and he's gone. Yes, and they're like, "Okay, where'd he go?" So they go in and look, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, look, there's some floorboards that are slightly loose. Let's go look into this." Blair. Oh right, yes. <laughs> managed to fucking dig a tunnel underneath the fucking tool shed. And start building a spaceship right. out of spare parts. How long was this man alone? Right. <laughs> like, you, you get the distinct feeling that these events happen in very rapid succession. Right. And that like they actually don't... That there's actually not a ton of time between the dog and the Norwegians arriving. Right. I mean, within hours, right? Like, mm-hmm. less than a day, like a full day, right? Like, maybe one night and then the next day, but... 
yeah, but like this is, but you know, that's how, yes, that is how you find out that Blair has not just escaped, but he is in fact an alien. Yes. <laughs> he has been taken over by the thing. Like, because we don't think that Blair's just like, that this random, you know, whatever he was. I think he he must have also been a doctor, right? Because he was doing the autopsies and right. stuff. This random scientist um, just decided to build a spaceship to get himself out of there. Right. When he didn't want to get, didn't want anyone to get out of there initially. Right, yeah. Exactly. Clearly taken over by an alien. The fact that this alien was able to build most of a spaceship within the course of hours is impressive. Mm. And that they gave him, like, in trying to isolate him and keep him away from everybody else, like, they actually gave him the time to do that. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and the parts. And the parts. <laughs> like, well, he, he... And he must have been getting in and out the entire time, because, like, those parts weren't in right. that Right. They weren't all in there, yeah. <laughs> but they did give him tools, because they locked <laughs> him in the tool shed. <laughs> They're like, here you go. Here's your tools. Yeah, not a... And again, again, a lot of these, a lot of these bad decisions made sort of in ignorance, right? I mean... Unlike the guy looking for a grenade at the beginning. Why would you think that the man that you're trying to lock... That you're locking up who was just trying to kill everyone to make sure that no one leaves would end up trying to leave? Right. Building a spaceship. Right. And building a spaceship. Just like this man that you've known for years suddenly knows how to build a spaceship. Yeah. Like, would be hard to, you know, would be hard to foresee. You think you've learned your 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 coworker's secret talents by that point, right. working in Antarctica. I mean, yeah, you've been together a long time at this point. <laughs> Just sort of stuck there. Had to be some like deep campfire talks right. where somebody would have brought up knowing how to build a spaceship. But we digress. <laughs> but we, as we do. In case you were wondering if we're really back, here we are in our tangents. Um, <laughs> so yes, yeah, so they find the spaceship and mm-hmm. they're like. Okay, this is, you know, if it wasn't DEFCON 4 before, it is now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have to destroy the spaceship. We have to destroy each other. We have to make sure that none of us gets out. That, you know, none of us can get out alive because we don't know who's the thing. But we cannot let this thing freeze. We have to de- destroy Blair. Mm-hmm. Even if the rest of us die too. So they go in uh, and they start, like, burning shit down. Mm-hmm. Which is hilarious because it's like they're doing exactly what the Norwegians did at this point. Right. Um, and that did not work. And they know it didn't work. <laughs> but. Nope. Um, and the captain gets his face pulled off. <laughs> in another just great, like visually great scene. <laughs> just like he turns around Blair's behind him and Blair's just like sticks his hand through his face and starts like stretching it like it's made of, you know, latex. Which it was, because it's, you know, prosthetic. But <laughs> it, was like, rah, rah. it was really satisfying. I was like, ooh, that looks kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I want to squish somebody's face. <laughs> just make little stress balls that look like that guy's face exactly. when you squeeze it. <laughs> like, did you just stick your hand in Play-Doh? Like, kind of. Kind of. A little bit. Like, oh, no, you know what it is? More like, uh, do you remember when we were kids, the, the gack? Gack? Yes. Yes. That was more the consistency. Yep. Um... You know, you know, um, the skin, it was like that. Oh yeah, actually. <laughs> what it actually was. <laughs> Supposed to be. I'm just kidding. Skin. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely looked like gack. You're right. It did. But yeah. it probably was actually latex. Yeah. So yeah, so they're blowing shit up. They're blowing shit up. They're setting stuff on fire. Blair is ripping off the captain's face. Mm-hmm. And trying to assimilate him. Uh, gets kind of interrupted. 
And at this point, you see the thing in kind of its full glory, right? Even though you never see its true form because it's always trying to imitate something, right? Like, we don't even know if it even has a true form or mm-hmm. if it's just always trying to imitate something. Right. Um, but there's a final confrontation between Kurt Russell and the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, the alien is so confused that it's got, like, part of Blair, it's got part of the captain... A dog comes out of his abdomen and it's just like, what am I supposed to be right now? I'm not sure. Um, but uh, Kurt Russell blows it up mm-hmm. with one of his handy sticks of dynamite that mm-hmm. he just never seems to run out of. And <laughs> he's got a lot. He's got a lot of dynamite. <laughs> he does have a lot. <laughs> and he just keeps acquiring more somehow. I don't know. Um, so he blows it up. And he goes outside. But the, the downside of all this, of course, is that like every single shelter at this camp has now been destroyed every last one so all he has left to do is sit down in the snow Mm -hmm. and wait to freeze to death right oh one thing i did want to mention too because i was it nulls nulls yeah nulls is also here and then just disappears however he's not he is not assimilated into the giant being that is the captain and the dog so like it's true. You, you don't really know where he went. He just kind of is gone. Right, yeah. Like, you just sort of are left to assume that he has also died. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't think we actually see him die. Mm-mm. Which is weird. Either which way, he was in that little cave area, whatever the, whatever the fuck they were. Storage. Oh, yeah, when, when it goes up. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. Yeah. Right. So if he wasn't dead before, he was dead then. Yeah. I mean, maybe does he get does he get sort of like impaled by the monster? Like right before he blows him up? Like was he standing sort of where it comes out and he kind of gets like ah like thrown away? He's just so I know he's the captain ends up attacking what's his name? Blair? No, Blair. No, Blair ends up attacking the captain. Gary. Gary, yeah. The captain attacks Gary. Mm-hmm. With, attacks his face. Drags him off. Rawls, Nulls, Jesus. <sighs> Names, people. <laughs> so Gary is the captain. Blair attacks Captain Gary. Uh, what? Oh, you're right. Yeah. I'm thinking of Blair. Yep. Yes. Blair ends up killing Gary. Mm-hmm. Nulls disappears. Mm-hmm. He hears the sound and then walks down and then all of a sudden he's just gone. Mm-hmm. And then uh, McCready looks and he's just not there. So I don't think you ever find out if if he ever like got taken or not right officially right or if he just gets blown up yeah in a roundabout way of what i was saying because apparently i can't speak english all of a sudden um he probably got taken by the monster probably <laughs> by the thing and if he didn't he got blown up yep so he's gone yep kurt russell is sitting in the snow mm-hmm. and Childs walks up yes and he's like, where were you? And he was like, oh, I thought I saw Blair. And like, mind you, the time now, quite a bit of time has elapsed between when they mm-hmm. saw Child leave 
the building and what is happening at the moment. So right. like, you sus. kind of again, it's. it's did you say sus? I said sus. It's very <laughs> sus. <laughs> it's super sus. Um. But there's nothing that there's nothing left really to be done, right? The weapons have all been destroyed. He's finally out of dynamite. There's there's not much he can do, except just die. Yep. Kurt Russell. I mean, right. He has no way to know if this man is actually a man. He doesn't know. Right. And that, and so they sit there and they sort of like you know share a drink because somehow they managed to save a bottle of something. And that is where the film ends. Mm-hmm. You do not know. Are given really no hint or indication if they have managed to save humanity or not. Right. Now, I did want to say, what? and I'm sure you know about this, hmm. but the theory. Mm. Now, rewatching it, I'm like, mm, theory's not really fully there because I did see it kind of. I don't know. I'll explain. Okay. So, there is the theory that you can tell that um, that Childs is not human. And the reason being is that when you are watching the it flip back and forth between Kurt Russell and Childs, McCready, um, <laughs> that was an actor and a character. Um, <laughs> I do that all the time. <laughs> it's fine. Um, between McCready and Childs, like you can... So, McCready is clearly breathing and mm-hmm. has a lot of a lot of um, steam from his breath. Mm-hmm. Where Childs has none. Hmm. However, mm-hmm. so that was like a whole thing. There was a whole theory that Childs is the alien because you can't see his breath. Okay. And I'm like, okay. All right, so let's rewatch the scene. Two things. Right. One, McCready is in the it is in a breeze. Yeah. So, yes. His He's more sheltered, yeah. Yeah. Or less sheltered. Yeah. Yes. Also, if you look closely, you still see his breath. It's just... Childs. Yes. Yes. Also, the idea that not being able to see their breath means that they're the thing doesn't mm. hold up because earlier in the film, when Bennings runs outside mm-hmm. and they have that great shot i mean just the actor did a great job with that shot of like him opening his maw oh, and yeah. like screaming you see his breath yeah so like they don't stop breathing Mm-mm. just because they're the thing right they 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 sort of they keep their normal human functions mm-hmm. um they're assimilating exactly. everything about yeah them. like you would you cannot tell right so yeah i'm i'm not sure that theory holds up but mm-hmm. i i do I do believe that Childs is the thing. I I completely I agree. Like I I don't I couldn't point to the specific evidence of it. No. But I think I think the final sort of like the final gut punch of this movie is that it didn't work. Yeah. That humanity is still doomed. Mm-hmm. That this is actually a movie about the apocalypse. Oh yeah. Right? It's just mm-hmm. the very beginning of the apocalypse. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my interpretation. But they do leave it open. 
could just be the end of these men's lives. Mm-hmm. You know. But at the same time, somebody else is going to find that spaceship. Exactly. Like investigations are going to happen. So like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the extent to which you could put that cat back into the bag if something like this actually happened. Mm-hmm. So that's it for The Thing. Join us next week when we will be reviewing the new Scream. So excited. Very excited. Scream, Scream was a, uh, the original Scream was like sort of a seminal movie Oh yeah. for me, right? Because I think I was 10 or 11 when it came out, mm-hmm. right? So it was, uh... <laughs> and I remember that Scream, as silly as this is, like of all of the other crazy, like I was already into Freddy and Jason, but Scream actually like freaked me out because it seemed more realistic oh it absolutely right than the other than other slashers right so that one i actually you know being being like a Mm preteen and then you know being sort of maybe i could just relate to those characters more but Mm -hmm. um but yeah so it should be fun yeah very 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 excited for this one so until next time of course, uh, like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. We have our YouTube page that you can find us by searching for Friday Night Frights Podcast. Uh, we have our Spotify that you're, of course, welcome to follow us on. Our Instagram is F and Frights Podcast. Our Twitter, it's F and Frights Pod. We have our Facebook page, F and, or nope. We have our Facebook page, Friday Night Frights. Mm-hmm. Our website is F and Frights Podcast.com. We of course can be screamed at by you scream all at us all of uh, just scream just scream at us ah it's scream enough and frights podcast.com and of course we have our patreon our fright club katie yes sure what is the first rule of fright club if you are in a situation that would be difficult to escape easily and you are in a group and you are being a and you are being hunted. Don't split up. Just stop it. This doesn't in the entire canon of horror. This has never worked. No. You're easy. I mean, like literally, watch lions with gazelles, and it's like it's easier to pick off the ones that straggle away. Exactly. And in this film, where you don't know who is a monster and who is not. They keep wandering off in pairs, not knowing if the other one is a monster. Whenever they're together, they actually manage to defeat the monsters that show up. Exactly. When they're just in pairs, the one monster just obliterates the human. (laughs) Moral of the story, in a crisis, it's better to work together. Yes, it is. Something that you think we would have learned. <laughs> but here we are. Here we are. 2022. <laughs> Year three. Yeah. <laughs> so, gays and ghouls, join us next Friday night. You'll be in for a fright. But until then, sleep tight. <laughs>